Welcome to episode 99 of Blue Jays Happy Hour. We are approaching the century mark and coming to you on a day when the Blue Jays have lost yet again. Uh, that might not narrow it down very much for folks. Uh, but in this case, after we had the you know the brief moment of optimism with the 20 to one win on Tuesday, the Blue Jays have now dropped you know three or four at the trop. That's the sort of thing that happens, but they're on a nasty run here. And I thought that we could start with a vibe check just because I feel like there's a lot of panic out there in Blue Jays land, some potentially justified, to be honest. But Stoden, how are you feeling about the 2023 Blue Jays at this particular <laughs> moment? Uh, well, fuck, obviously not great. Obviously not as good as I would have been had they performed a little better. I mean, we can we can peel back the onion and, and, and you know, rationalize our way into feeling better about it. But uh, that has not been an entertaining week of baseball that we all just witnessed or, you know, maybe two weeks at this point. I guess the Braves series was was fine. They, and this is what this is what I mean about the onion. You can they hard fought games against the Yankees I thought you know a couple or extra innings against the 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 Orioles you know they could have won a bunch of those games and it would be a completely different uh, situation things would feel completely different they didn't uh I don't want to scold people and be like you know how dare you panic or how well I mean how do you panic maybe I would do that but but yeah it's bad it's been bad it's fair to wonder uh what the hell is going on and uh, and also I don't know if you've been following Twitter like very recently but like you know the players only meeting another a second time. Uh, Matt Chapman saying to Hazel, like, uh, not not sure where you guys heard about that uh, after John Schneider had mentioned, you know, acknowledged that that had happened, like, to reporters. Uh, not necessarily the one that like leaked it that had happened, but uh, but I, I didn't see the exchange. But uh, curious there, curious to that Alec Manoa, you know, uh, uh, got caught by, on camera with and got the John Boy treatment. Uh, mumbling about the stupidest movie I ever saw uh, after after Schneider accidentally got him pulled because in the Yankee series because he uh, um, he came to the, or was it the Orioles series sorry and, and because he came to the mound the second time in an inning and he just had that you know you have to uh, not good looks not good looks for anybody um, weird to be talking about John Schneider's job but maybe we have to do that at some point yeah I mean that yeah that mistake is is pretty ridiculous. It's the sort of thing where like I don't know as a manager, there aren't that many rules that need to sort of play into your decision making on a game to game basis, knowing that would be important yeah. maybe he maybe he literally knew it and he forgot in that moment. Weird stuff I think so, happens. but that's but that's not good either if you can't control yeah. yourself enough to to just like blind, not blindly walk into getting your picture accidentally pulled. It was in a, it was in a spot where it was not nearly as damaging as it could have been, but still. Yeah. It, but still, no, I think that the thing is, as you mentioned, like it's very easy for us to come on. And I think we do this a fair amount and maybe we do this too much. You come on and say, you know what guys, you know, things aren't always what they look like at the lowest of the lows. And this is an 162 game season and let's not get too caught up in the moment. But I think that the scales tipped a little bit here, right? Like this is, these are all games against AL East opponents. You know, you're falling to the bottom of this division. These are important games. You also, after having all those games on the road, you're supposed to have this advantage of coming back home and having that schedule even out. You weren't able to take advantage of that. And now, you know, if you look at fan graphs right now, as we record, you know, the Blue Jays, they're giving them less than a 50% chance to make the playoffs. So, you know, I think we've gotten past the point of, oh, you know what, this is a wobble, this is silly, 
everything's going to be fine. I'm not saying everything isn't going to be fine, but I think we're past the point where questioning where everything is, whether everything is going to be fine is, uh, is an issue. I think everyone is wise to question whether things are going to be fine because right now, again, you don't want to get caught up too much in the moment, but right now it sure doesn't look like a team where everything's going to be fine. It just doesn't. No, it it doesn't. I mean, I'm I tend to maybe even be more on the optimistic side, but yeah, no, I I think I think it probably will still, but uh absolutely question it. Feel bad, be frustrated, turn the TV off. My god, turn the TV off and and at, at the very least turn Twitter off because there's some insanity going on, which is which is which would be fun. Was fun when I, you know, engaged in that shit but i just do not want to <laughs> at this point on this season at this age that i am in my life um but yeah there is some there's some wild sort of stuff going on um and it's it, it it's not unfair it's not unfair to start thinking okay does atkins last the season uh, like that's that's a that's a question that can't be poo-pooed at this point right yeah, and, and one of my thoughts about sort of the 2023 Blue Jays from a bigger picture perspective, and this is one of my less scientific thoughts, but I think I'm entitled to a less scientific thought from time to time, uh, mainly because I don't engage in it too much. But <laughs> it's that kind of the idea of this team or the changes made to this team were that, okay, we're going to be equipped to play playoff baseball. We're going to be equipped to win close games. We're going to play better defense. We're going to be more responsible kind of across the board. We're going to play a tighter game. Our bullpen is going to be better with the addition of Swanson. And you know what? We might Maybe we're going to blow people out less, and we're going to have less of those big offensive explosions, but we're going to be equipped to play the type of game that we're going to need to play. Uh, in order to be successful in the playoffs and you know in this tough division and whatnot, and that kind of logic is you know always feels a little bit dicey because it seems like the best way to win games is just to crush people, um, and it, <laughs> yeah. it, it feels like they've kind of they by changing the way the, the team the way they've changed it they have a little bit brought themselves down into the muck, and as it turns out there isn't a great. Uh, strategy there isn't a great formula for winning extra inning games for winning one run games like unless you're one of those crazy oriole teams a few years ago like it just generally speaking the best thing to do is put yourself into position to you know light teams up and have that top five top 10 offense and i'm not saying that they couldn't have that and some of their guys are underperforming and all that jazz but sort of the philosophy shift to let's be ready for close games as opposed to let's try and avoid close games, um, it just doesn't feel right at the moment. No, it doesn't. And I, like, fuck, I don't want to do the thing that we said we're, you know, like, you know, it's, it is a weird, bad, terrible moment. And I think you're right that the, the, uh, the fact that it's all come against the AL East is is changing the conversation a lot because you know that while the playoff field is expanded and they're still absolutely contenders, fifty percent not not great, not where you want to be. You expect this team to be in the playoffs. You expect the Orioles to not be quite yet there, and they obviously have been have been very good. I don't quite understand it. Uh, it, it makes no it makes little sense to me, <laughs> but uh, but they're doing that thing that maybe the Blue Jays were doing where where. Well, not with the good bullpen and a and a terrible rotation, but the but the opposite. But you know, where they're just they can hit. Um, 
seems like an idea but also you know everybody was all on board on all of this stuff uh you know all through the winter all through you know there you'll find people sure who were who were varsho truthers or, or or were aghast about trading moreno or or didn't uh you know did, didn't well I, we didn't like the kiermaier deal or i didn't like the kiermaier deal in particular and uh or maybe you didn't either i don't i don't know uh, all, all of those things but but for the most part i think people were kind of on board with the idea that like you know the the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, and so that that was kind of why the team needed to to have a bit of a shakeup. And the fact that the shakeup, you know, doesn't look great at the moment, kind of did, you know, three weeks ago looked like okay, hey, it's kind of all working. Um, you know, it, it is it's easy to lose your center a little bit when a run is this tough and this stupid and everything is so poisonous, but you know. Yeah, they also have to get it together. I I think it would be absurd to be like, okay, well, yeah, sure. If the if we if we extrapolate their worst stretch over the rest of the season, then yeah, they're yeah they're in trouble if they keep playing like this. Well, yeah, of course they fucking are. Uh, they won't. But but those games are so important because there's fewer games against the AL East because the AL East is so tight this year. Um, that it is you know it is very easily. Uh, and this I don't. This is not a thing I say most years when they have a tough run this early. But like it's you know. It's not difficult to think that in September or in October we'll be looking back and being like, okay, that could have been, that's the moment when the season was lost because it just, it, it is, it is, they've just created a mountain for themselves. Yeah. I mean, again, just going off Fangraph's odds here, they got a 4.2% chance of winning the division right now. Like that was supposed to be the step. And again, it's not easy to win a division other than the AL Central, which is very easy to win. But, uh, so going to the season saying we are <laughs> yeah. making these moves because we're going to win the division and then just executing on that is not something that it's fair to expect a team to do with no problems whatsoever. But that was the idea. The idea is, okay, we need to take sort of the next step forward, putting ourselves in a better position to have, again, this playoff success. That's the goal at this point is playoff success. And I mean, you know, you can cling to 4.2% as much as you want or, choose not to but that dream is really evaporating like it it's not impossible it's it's evaporating until it doesn't i mean those odds are kind of like well we could never be wrong we said there was yeah okay forget about the (laughs) 4.2 percent and focus on the 10 and a half games then and the four teams you know what i mean like you can you can you're right you know people tweet out win percentage graphs all the time and i've done it too and yeah sometimes a guy hits a three run home run in the ninth and that's what it is the equivalent of that would be the Blue Jays winning like 22 games in September. And that could easily happen. Like there's quality on this roster. There are things that were unforeseeable. Like, you know, Manoa is a perfect example. We all thought Manoa would take a half step back just because last year was so absurd. This is just was not within the foreseeable range of outcomes. It was on the lunatic fringe of what could happen with Alec Manoa. But, you know, things like that happen and that you know that's played a role in for sure you know he was someone who gave the blue jays an amazing like the record with him on the mound although that is a pretty stupid stat uh was awesome and now it's not awesome and that's a big part of where they're at right now but yeah whether it's the 4.2 percent whether it's the 10 and a half games whether it's the four teams they'd have to jump over now the blue jays are kind of like clawing back potentially to where they were like getting to that next and you can make a playoff run from a wild card spot the blue jays still have a chance to win the world series as crazy as that says to, as that sounds to say here on may 25th that could still happen but it feels like the blue jays are now in this hole where the good outcome for them is to 
get to the level where they're banging their head against the wall, the, the level they're trying to avoid. Yeah, that is, that is true. And, you know, uh, I, there's, I, I don't know what else, you know, what else you say about it without, uh, you know, falling into the crutch of being like, well, the Yankees had a three and 14 stretch last year and won 99 games, uh, which is true, but it's also, you know, nobody understandably gives a shit, uh, because they're watching this team and it is difficult sometimes to, uh, you know, to be able to separate what you're seeing right now as and, and not think, okay, this this week is what they are. This is what this team really is, and then and, and forget about the, the weeks previous. It feel you know the immediacy makes it feel more real, uh, and it's not. But it's also, you know, you can't let it slip away that much, especially when there's that many teams ahead of you in this division, and the division is so tough. Yeah, and, and they will have some winning streak in the future and some stretch, and then everyone will believe, oh, this is the team they are, and you know, Dalton Varsho will have an incredible month, and people will say, I can't believe anyone ever questioned that trade. You know, as we discussed before, I, I, <laughs> I don't know if we'll get quite there. It depends on maybe how yeah, de- yeah, it depends <laughs> on how those guys do in Arizona. Um, but you know, we've talked about before, like the way baseball works is probably not suited to the human mind. Uh, but it's a game, you know, it's a human game played by humans and watched by humans. So it's kind of those foibles with it are unavoidable. <laughs> like it just, yeah. it just is what it is. It's something we deal with. And I guess what I think makes this stretch different than some of the other ones we've talked about in the past is it does feel like a little bit meatier. And it, as you said, it's because of the ALEs component. It's because of these teams stacking up on top of them and all that jazz like if we had this conversation about you know 2021 it's a bad example because they fell just short but if it was last year for instance and we talked about their worst stretch and you know here we go i can't even remember their worst stretch off the top of my head and we've discussed before how no one remembers any regular season games when it's all said and done i can't remember exactly what their worst stretch was last year but it wasn't i don't think as damaging as what's just happened to the blue jays this year even if that means that, you know, the good outcomes are obviously all still in play. Which... Yeah, I, I think that's true. I think they, you know, they, which is weird because they had a bunch of wins banked already, right? They kind of were listless last year, and I think in 2021 as well. well. I do Well, I do remember the good stretches, which were September, because they kind of like, oh boy, we better actually start doing this. Uh, and it would have been nice to, uh, you know, to avoid having to rely upon that this year. But, um, you know, it looks like they got a lot of work ahead of them. To get a little bit more specific, we're coming off another rough Manoa start, and we can get in or we can breeze past, but like, is there anything new here? Or are we looking at, I mean, I don't want to say like, this is the new Manoa. This is not his career. Like, this is not what's going to happen with him, um, you know, for the rest of... I feel that would be unprecedented in baseball history to <laughs> to have a, a near Cy Young year at that age and then and then be trash forever. Yeah, I'm not banking on that. (laughs) The odds are against it. But, you know, a a kind of a lost season is not unprecedented. Like, sometimes Mm -hmm. guys just have these years that go off the rails for whatever reason. One that is, he's drawn comparisons is that year where Stroman gave up a bunch of runs. I forget what his ERA was. And that season, although, you know, the underlying stuff was better, so I'm not sure it's a perfect comparison. Are we heading towards some kind of phantom IL thing here? Like, at a certain point, he, you know, this guy's, you know, he's hurting the team day in, day out, and there isn't improvement that's being shown. There's a little bit more velocity in, in this game on Thursday yeah. than we've seen. 
although we only got to see the early part of the game, right? So I think that it's easy to be like, oh yeah, the velocity bumped up. But what normally happens is the guy throws a little harder early in the game. And when he doesn't throw deep into the game, the average doesn't really have a chance to come down. Um, that's my, my pessimistic read on that. Mm-hmm. So you've got six out of 11 starts or less than five innings at this point where he went five or more in every start last year. Like, like there isn't I I don't think there's a send him to the minors option. I don't think there's, you know, really a good person to come up right now, obviously. That's the thing. That's, yeah. And I think that, you know, that's kind of at the heart of it, but. I don't know. Like if we're if we're talking about we talked about like Brandon Belt and the fifty percent strikeout rate. If he kept it for another two weeks, something's got to happen. Like, is there a something's got to happen with Manoa Point um, if it stays like this, or is just the lack of alternatives makes that such that they just got to live and die with it and hope that it finds a way? I mean, Trevor Richards looking pretty good as a multi inning guy, <laughs> but yeah, I. I mean, we saw they tipped their hand last year because they had two guys who were garbage in the rotation for this for you know for a very very long time, uh, longer than what we've seen Manoa be allowed to do. And and you know obviously they gave Brios a ton of money and and so that sort of changes it. And his being a veteran, he doesn't have options. I don't. I think you're right that the minor league solution is, if not completely untenable, a really really tough sort of last resort for him. You know you could you could theoretically do it, but uh, it, and it's not even. You know, it's not for me to gauge how he would react to that, but it could be poorly. <laughs> it could very well. Uh, be I think poorly. you could take an educated guess yeah. <laughs> that, that "poorly" would be a good word to describe it, even if you weren't going to sort of firmly come down with that statement. Yeah, uh, yeah. If I, like, I would like to hear. I would like to hear that there's just a real injury. That would be better news at this point. If there, if there's something that sort of made sense as to why this is happening, and a lot of people, you know, I I I loathe talking about like. You know conditioning stuff and all that, but we you know we talked earlier in the year and you know Buck mentioned it on the bo- the broadcast early on about how you know the pitch clock might be affecting him and uh, and you know he really did take a lot of time between pitches and that was something that was sort of discussed early like last year he took the, and now you know he's got to get back up there. I don't I, I mean that feels like uh it's like not a not a large enough thing to uh to really think that this is like that's that that's it that's the extent of what's what's happened with him here so far. Um, but that's something that is, is, uh, you know, hard, hard to dance around. Uh, you know, again, like I say, the conditioning stuff we talked about you know, Vlad for years, uh, plenty of bigger dudes have had success, uh, that I don't know that we necessarily need to, to go there with it, but you know, people are sort of groping around for like, what is like, what is going on? Is, is there an injury is something, you know, is he just mechanically not right? Like what, what is up? Because it would be, it would be even weirder. If you know the velocity was where it was last year, and the the slider was where it was last year, and this was happening, so something something's different, and uh, and the pitch clock is one place where people have looked a little bit. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know what the solution is, uh, but eventually, yeah. Like again, they tipped their hand last year. They'll give them a lot of run before they do anything drastic. But uh, yeah, something's got to give because it's it's tough to watch. I mean, you mentioned the pitch clock as an explanation, and it definitely has been one that has been posited quite a lot. The thing that I struggle with, and to be fair, I don't have my finger to the pulse of sort of every single team and every single pitcher, but every pitcher has had (laughs) to adjust to this, right? And like, we're we're not hearing tons of stories about guys who are having weird, horrible seasons because they can't figure it out. Like, it seems like 
by and large, everyone can figure it out. And so I, I kind of have a hard time believing that he's the guy who can't. And I understand that he pitched slower than the average pitcher. And I understand that maybe there's a conditioning thing with him. But yeah, to be honest, I don't think we've ever heard about conditioning concerns with him before. Like, I think that's no. people just straight eyeballing him, which yeah, is like absolutely. pretty unfair. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah, if, he had, if he had been, if in the minors, I don't know, you had heard that like he struggles to get deep into starts, but like, or he's always losing his velocity late in games. And, you know, to be honest, if he had big conditioning issues, a guy of his size would be pretty likely to injure himself. And that hasn't been the sure. case either. So, and, and like you said, go deep, going deep into games would be a struggle, which he did frequently last year. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I, I don't think that there's an, an obvious thing to do here because there, you know, there aren't guys to call on. Like they, added some of these guys in the offseason and you know i remember even praising them like okay they're actually picking up some of these six seven starter guys um but you know none of them are doing anything i mean not that you know it's not that you expect drew hutchison to run like a 150 era triple <laughs> yeah. a like he's gonna he's probably not he might be sleepwalking to some extent but you know none of these guys like the zach thompson's of the world drew hutchison you know Yaz Zulueta is a little bit different because they're, you know, they're kind of thinking about him as a reliever, a starter, and they're figuring that out. But he's, you know, he's had massive control problems as well. There's, there's no one sitting around that. You know, I know Thomas Hatch is always, uh, he's around every corner, but <laughs> there's yeah. really not someone sitting at AAA who you think, okay, this is a guy who can do it. And then you have the Mitch White injury. And we joked prior to the season, and I mean, I, I joked, I'll be responsible, but like that his yeah. best... Oh, I've, I've repeated it several times. That his then. best <laughs> position was on the IL. And like yeah. at that time, that's how it felt. But, you know, it would be kind of nifty to have a Mitch White kicking around at this point. Uh, and, you know, that's partly to do with the rest of the rotation too, because you're talking about, you know, Yusei Kikuchi starting to look a little bit wobbly. I don't think yeah. that... You know, over his last three starts, you're talking about a 790 ERA. You're talking about an 811 FIP. You know, he was thrown to the backstop in that Orioles game. Uh, six walks in his last two after eight in his first eight. Like, and I'm not saying that he's someone you would give the yank immediately to, but the fact that you've got you've got Manoa struggling, and then you've got Kikuchi, a guy with less leash significantly, and with real bullpen utility. Like, I don't see a scenario where they're like, okay, the solution with Manoa is throw him into the bullpen you know right, what I mean? like yeah. <laughs> with kikuchi yeah. you could do that and you know maybe that's you could argue that's the most likely scenario by the end of the season is that that yeah. ends up happening for him uh it's a different situation with Noah, and there's just nobody like who wants to see casey lawrence pitch again for the blue jays like we had the the underdog story then we had the comeback story i mean that story is is, is exaggerating the level of enthusiasm <laughs> But like uh, it was, uh, uh, a smidge, yeah, I would say, yeah. But the Casey Lawrence <laughs> narrative, I think, for most people, has run its course. And there's no—he's one of those guys where he could pitch like 38 scoreless innings in AAA, and I still wouldn't like care. Like I wouldn't believe. And, and I, again, I guess <laughs> yeah. it's not like the Casey Lawrence is a bum podcast. Like I think that people have their opinions locked in, but it's just. It's tough. Like they, you know, you don't feel good about Hutchison. You don't feel good about Thompson. You have the injury to White. And all of a sudden, something that felt sort of okay coming into the year, this rotation depth, uh, is feeling decidedly not okay. Yeah, I, w I, would, I would agree there. Um, 
Like, you know, those are those are minor league guys who are in the minors for a reason, which is something that, you know, keeps occurring to me the more I hear people complain and the more I read mailbag questions, which I'm working on a mailbag, um, about, about depth and stuff like that. It's like, well, yeah. They're not going to be good. Like, let's be clear. There's no like, yeah, world no where team they're good. Ha- no team has a, a collection of major leaguers that just happen to be sitting in the minors. Like, if those guys can contribute at the big league level, they'll be there. Like, Sometimes like the, the Dodgers they, do. But, or the race. That's a, well, that's a, I suppose that's true. Um, but they don't even look like that when, but, until they show up fully formed as big leaguers. Yeah, but, but like, but, give me a guy who's got like a sub 450 ERA at AAA. You know what I mean? Like, even <laughs> if he's a veteran, like something in that, like there's no one who, if you brought them up for the next start, you your going in assumption would be that they're going to get shelled. Like not even that they're going to not be good, but that they're going to get, and that's not a guarantee because anything can happen one baseball game, but like anyone the Blue Jays could call up right now, if they were on the mound, my assumption would be maybe four innings and maybe four runs as like a baseline. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not fair. great. No, it's not really where you want to be. No. But, but could there be a savior in the form <laughs> of Hyunjin Ryu? who is starting to create a little bit of buzz. I mean, buzz might be an exaggeration, but I kind of expected to not really hear any headlines, to be honest. I thought it would be sort of quiet, and maybe this year you wouldn't see him. And that, you know, that's still absolutely on the table. We know injuries can have setbacks and all that jazz. But you know, talking about a post-All-Star game return, you know, it is weird. I just didn't. I didn't think we'd end up living in a world where that could be something that the Blue Jays are counting on would be an exaggeration, but could use and uh, might have some level of optimism for. Which is, uh, yeah, it's odd because I, you know, I think he's someone I'd kind of written off in my mind for this team, and now the situation has changed a bit. Well, I think people are desperate for you know something they can cling a little bit to, cling some, like have a little bit of hope on there, and that's one where. You know, you can at least breathe easy for a couple months. You don't, you know, you know he's not gonna, he's not right around the corner. Uh, so you, you, you won't be disappointed literally every day by, by like placing your hope on him, unlike literally everybody else on this team right now. So I think there's maybe a little bit of that. Like nobody can actually possibly think that this is, you know, this is going to be the 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 guy who comes in and saves the season. I mean, that would be great. Love for you. Uh, did not like the last year and a half of him pitching with the no. Jays or whatever it was the last year uh, before the surgery. Uh, but, you know, uh, it's a nice it's a nice little thing to have in your back pocket and think, okay, maybe this is how this, you know, they get out of this. And, and frankly, they're going to need to get out of it way sooner than he's going to be available. Yeah, I, I think Ryu is sort of, uh, if, if the concept of a Ryu return was a stock, it's like a stock that's going up one cent a day, every <laughs> single day for the next couple months, and then is going to lose all of its value in like a five-day span, potentially. But it's it's fun for people to look at the ticker, and every day that Ryu hope stock is in the green, um, because you're not going to hear anything bad. But... He either you will because there'll be a setback or he'll come back and you'll remember how low your expectations were for him, uh, you know, before that injury. And the great version of him is is so fun to watch, like one of the more fun to watch pitchers the Blue Jays have had recently, something, you know, people I think have even forgotten in a relatively short amount of time. But, 
yeah, again, there's a difference between hoping on hoping for something and counting on something, and he's decidedly in the first camp, I think. Yeah, which you know, it's nice. People people have good feelings about him. I mean, I think it's mostly because they have bad feelings about literally everything else. But uh, but yeah, big uh, big Ryu fan here. Uh, wish we saw more of the best of him. Yeah, and I mean, basically, you've got the other two guys. You've got Gosman and Bassett. So those guys are fine. You kind of you can set and forget those guys more or less. I did think it was interesting that Bassett was one of the guys kind of uh, you know talking to the media about how then the line that everyone picked up was like we've got to clean it up. And the exact quote was you know you've got you can give multiple outs to a really good team. You can't give multiple outs to a really good team and expect to win. We're just not playing good baseball right now. We've got to clean a lot of things up from a pitching standpoint to base running and all facets of the game. Facets of the game, we've got to clean it up. So that's sort of what people ran with. Um, whereas later on, he said, "You know, we're losing a couple games. We it's not like we need to try harder. More mistakes happen. You're trying harder. Just go play the game," which is like your standard boilerplate answer. Um, mm. It's I don't know. I, I think it's not as dramatic as it was made out to be, but. Bassett does make for a bit of an interesting spokesman for the team, considering he is new to the team. And also, you know, much of his career is sort of spent in uh, Oakland. It's not like he's a a guy who has an unimpeachable team success in his career such that like, okay, the guy we need to listen to is Chris Bassett because he knows winning. Uh, <laughs> not that, yeah. not that that's like a, a criticism of him. He's just one guy. It's a team sport, yada, yada, yada. But it's not like Bassett was some legend of the game. It was like, okay, quiet down, everybody. Like, Bassett's going to explain how to win baseball games. Uh, I listen to the hound, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, uh, but I, yeah, I thought the uptake on that was a little bit interesting. But ultimately, uh, I bet that's, this is how a lot of guys feel. Like, I, again, the, you know, the Blue Jays have been playing badly. And when you're playing badly, these mistakes are happening. I don't know if... It is something that is a like a fatal flaw in this team that they just have it built in. They're going to make dumb mistakes or whatever. I think in a month there's a good chance we don't talk about that at all. But he was a, it's a bit of an interesting figure for him to be the one. Absolutely true. Um, you know those uh, sometimes sometimes Billy Bean had to look over, look past some uh, some things to get the the talent on his team. I don't know if you want those poisonous A's characters in your clubhouse leading uh, leading the way. Uh, Matt Chapman out here trying to uh, turf a second manager in two years. Um, but yeah, but, but also, I mean, I'm sure inadvertently or maybe in a way that, that was sort of, uh, it was dragged this way by some of the reporting on it, but, but, you know, man, like the little things is the, the, the last year was the trailer of this year, right? Like the little things is going to haunt John Schneider and the whole, you know, apparatus that, that that made it made, thought it was a good idea to be like, we're going to tighten up and not make those little mistakes. Like, uh, you know, we did, it's like, well, now you put every little thing you could possibly do under the microscope. Uh, and if you have a terrible run like this, where you're playing sloppy baseball and you're just not hitting and everything is not going right. Um, that gets magnified and that, you know, and, and when Bassett can say a thing like that, I mean, there's only so much you can say, but when he says a thing like that, you're kind of like, okay, what, what, yeah, what is happening here with these, with these little things? Why hasn't that changed? Why? And, and I don't think that's probably fair, but also I can't blame anybody for, for being like, you know, yeah, wasn't this supposed to be, 
you know, weren't we trading trading offense for something better than this? Uh, and obviously, like the you know, you look at the DRS, you look at some of the the the, the way that the defense has gone, it's been better. But uh, but yeah, that was supposed to be uh, that was supposed to be cured. They were supposed to be no no longer humans, and and they're robots now. John Schneider told them to stop making making uh, making mistakes, and they said, "Okay, Skip." And it's like, okay, maybe you're uh, maybe you need to run that by some PR people before you uh, you start giving that out to the the world because that's going to come back to bite you. Yeah, I, mean, I and I get why he said like that was a criticism of the team for a long time. But also, I think it's a criticism that almost every team gets just because yes. these things fall under the like. No one is writing a column or maybe, okay, put it this way. You might write one column a year about, wow, these guys are playing good fundamental baseball, but that's really boring. That's a boring (laughs) column. And it's hard to back that up with information. It's much easier to write a column about like shortstop who, this could be anyone, by the way, shortstop who has been criticized for defense (laughs) in the past, uh, throws ball away and team loses game. Like that's a compelling storyline. So I feel like that always gets played up more than the other. So I think there was this notion around the Blue Jays of like, this is a team that doesn't look after the details. This is a team that's sloppy. And as a result, you had Schneider feeling like addressing that was a good idea. But the reality is, like you said, these guys are not robots. This kind of stuff happens. You know, we even saw in the, you know, the Rays, the Rays do this stuff too. We always say yeah. that the Rays yeah, do yeah, this yeah. stuff too. That's the reality. And, you know, I think it turns out that when you make a straight line between here's, you know, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Teoscar Hernandez, the guys who are the most, you know, happy-go-lucky sort of goofy guys in the clubhouse, when they're gone, therefore, we will now be serious and all the mistakes will be gone. It turns out that that was maybe an unfair assumption. Now, you know, Varsho is going to go get you more balls in center field. Your defensive output will be better with him there. Um, similarly, you know, Springer should, should be an upgrade on Hernandez, although Springer has been a little bit weird in right field this year, but it turns out that, yeah, just two guys who, uh, who like to have fun weren't to the cause of all the things that you didn't like about the Blue Jays. That's a hundred percent accurate. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. And you're right. It, it just, the Rays do it too. I think is what I would always come back to on that sort of stuff. It's, uh, <laughs> it's just so so frustrating it sucks that we go through this every year uh it sucks that the blue jays put us through this every year where we have to tell or we have to think about is the sky really falling um like is, where is the narrative going but it, you know they kind of do it ham-fistedly in a lot of ways and that i think you know selling that without this foresight to think of like okay well what if <laughs> what happens the first time we have a couple errors in a row um, perhaps, perhaps short-sighted. And I, I think part of it is the way that we absorb baseball. I mean, you know, baseball in particular, just because there's so many games, like people tend to be very hyper-focused on their own team because it's, you know, there's so many games to watch and watching your own team and then being like, oh, what's the best MLB game today? I'm also going to watch that. Like that's an insane amount of time to put in. Basically no one does it. So it's easy for people to see a team roll through town and play three good games and be like, you know, yeah. who plays good baseball is those Baltimore <laughs> Orioles. 
And then yeah. you don't watch them go and play the Kansas City Royals and give up a you know six-run lead in the ninth because they booted the ball everywhere. Your memory of the Orioles is the three games where they came to Rogers Center and they looked good and sharp and all that jazz. And where, where Ryan Mountcastle once again, absolute monster, you know, <laughs> truly one of the legends, one of the, on the Mount Rushmore. But it's so I think that's that's a problem with it, right? Like I think a lot of fan bases have the same type of complaints about their players, but you know we're not communicating with each other, so we all just assume, oh, this is unique to the Blue Jays. They're the ones who have this problem. And it's, yeah, it's easy to put like this micro microscope over your own team when the reality is that especially over an 162 game season, a lot of not, you know, less than optimal baseball will be played. And the Blue Jays, uh, you know, I'd maybe even go so far as to say that they play it more than some other teams. Like they had, they do have a couple of guys who make some weird things happen on the bases. You know, their defense is good or bad, depending what metric you look at. And there have been some odd rose i'm not going to deny that but uh the idea that everyone else has fundamental baseball figured out and the blue jays are just a bunch of sloppy uh lazy boys that just don't want to put the work in uh is not accurate i think it's fair i, to I say. think i think that's right and you know well then this and and going the route that they did you know i joked about it they built a they built a team to impress buck martinez and uh and, and they sort of got that and, and it, reminds, it reminds me of another gm and another sport who i like to call kyle dubas who uh was uh, you know didn't think that he, he was uh, these nerdy guys they're they're intimidated by the jocks they kind of want to they they, they they can't help but but be like, okay, I'll have to ingratiate myself a little bit and go against their better interests and get all red ass about stuff, and it just fucks everything up. And that's that's the story of Ross Atkins and Kyle Dubas. And then you get Dalton Varshow, <laughs> and then you get a, you know, and then you end up pinch hitting him for Ernie Clement <laughs> in a huge spot. Uh-huh. And uh, I mean, you know, Ernie Clement really killing it at AAA. I, I'm not ruling him out as a as a Joe Inglet figure. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, and Varshow can't hit lefties. I'm but, not ruling it in either. <laughs> I'm gonna stay agnostic on early Ernie Clement for now. Uh, yeah, a, a bit weird. I saw. I forget who phrased it this way. I think well, Josh Goldberg, I think, did. Who you know, uh, at scoreless. Uh, Josh's great. Um, <laughs> definitely does not block the crazies the way I do based on his uh, his replies. Uh, but but uh, he was like, so you, you traded you traded your number one prospect and another good player for a guy. You pinch hit Ernie Clement for, and uh, it's hard to uh, it, it's it's hard to to you know defend that. It's a bit it's a bit odd, even with Varsho's platoonishness. Yeah, um, it's a- the, that's that's not when you frame it that way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I understand why people are losing their minds right now. Yeah, I mean, it's a little moment. It's a tiny example. You know, Clement's been on fire again with Buffalo. you you got to give the hot bat a chance. Uh, no, but... The, the equi- other team's equivalents of Drew Hutchison and Casey yeah. Lawrence. He's really been teeing off on, yeah. Yeah, but, it, yeah, it is this tiny thing. And you could say, like, you know, Varsho has all these good qualities and beyond being... You know, he has this platoon weakness and maybe in this one moment we're going to kind of... We're going to go away from that. We're going to hope that he, over time, we believe in him and we think he's going to hit lefties. And But this is a one moment where we need this one hit and we just don't think he's there. He's slumping right now. Like, you can justify it. Um, sure. 
but I, but I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't rush to justify it because I don't think, I, I don't think by the time Vlad and Bo are gone, he might be okay at the plate against lefties is not, is not the argument you need to make right now. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> tough. It, it is tough. And, you know, when we talked about this, when the Varsho trade was made, like the sort of worst case scenario on this is that you, you've traded a franchise catcher for and I'm going to forget Guriel for a minute because I just don't, I don't think Guriel had a long-term spot on this team. I don't think he'll be as good with Arizona as he's been at times. Well, you don't need to include, like he's, he's on a hot streak like he has, Well, you don't need to include him for it to say. Really yeah, exactly. But like, yeah, trading, yeah. you know, this top, top prospect for a guy who nets out as like Seth Smith with defense uh, is not, <laughs> it's not where you want to be. And that's not necessarily where they are, but yeah, this moment sure as hell made it look like that, and it's it is a it's a tough look. It's it is a tough look, and it's easy to oversell for jokes. And you know, I tweeted out something similar to what you said, and and uh, it is easy to blow these moments up, but they also don't mean nothing. Like in a world where Varsho is the guy you want him to be, that simply does not happen. Like yes, it is one moment. Yes, it can be explained and justified to an extent, but in the the ideal world. That's just not a thing that can happen. Like, let alone the fact that it's one of the most extreme things that did happen. It just shouldn't be on the table. No, you're right. And to give away something that I'm writing in the the mailbag that'll be up, I'm pretty sure after this uh, this podcast goes up. Uh, you know, just just uh, in the conversation with my readers and myself, uh, I was like, yeah, I'm ready to entertain the idea of a fresh pair of eyes in the GM's chair. Uh, more than I have been probably since July 2015. Like uh, you know, it, it, we're 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 at we're at that moment. I think where I'm not I'm not uh, <laughs> I'm not Walter Cronkite saying the Vietnam War is lost just yet. <laughs> but uh, but look it up. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's bad enough to get to get even the most like like absurdly like really trying hard to not be negative person uh not feeling great yeah i mean we're you know we're we're late in this podcast to open up the gm referendum you know we've got episode 100 <laughs> coming up maybe we could go yeah. with a themed episode but okay. if uh i mean well, it, but if they win like four games next you know, week then, we'll be then like, that'll oh, be fine. fine extension time highest paid gm in the league um (laughs) but no i mean if you look back and you're like when was the last time the blue jays had a transaction um call it a trade or a free agent signing the draft gets a little complicated that they absolutely knocked out of the park like i don't know you know this offseason you know you've got belt that might end up going okay. It's turned around, but it's turned around on you know quite a bit of flukiness. So I'm open-minded to that still not being a good move. Varsho early returns aren't great. There's plenty of time for that to be a good move. I'm not writing it off either, but it's not an early hit as well. Uh, and <laughs> I mean, if I'm, I'm my mind's like Whit Merrifield. Yeah, like, like that's that's not the right answer. <laughs> yeah, you know Mitch White. You know, based on the prospects they gave up, looking like an ugly trade. Like I'm just thinking of like all the most recent transactions have happened. Like Bassett is not gonna like. There's no world where Bassett's a home run, right? Like it, it could be a solid transaction. That's kind of the ceiling for what 
that transaction playing, could be paying for mid mid tier expensive starting pitching. Yeah, like there's a you know there's nasty George Springer outcomes at the end of the day when you look back at that. Like the Ryu signing is always going to be justifiable, but potentially only in the context of a COVID nineteen season that never should have happened the way it did. You know what I mean? Like there's if you just keep looking at okay, here's the foundation. They've got Vladdy and they've got Bo and they have them on league minimum contracts. Like, did they adequately build the team around it? Uh, I mean, I guess Gosman. Gosman's the one where you're like, okay, they nailed that. Uh, yeah. But, you know, you could start building the case. Again, now, like, as you said, they go on a winning streak. People feel different about the team. This is the type of time when people are going to feel the worst about it. But... Yeah, there's a lot of moves where we don't know exactly what the net result is just yet, but there's a lot of them, the more recent ones, that if you're just taking stock at this particular moment, it's not the yeah. best. If you're sliding them into that loss column, then uh, then yeah, and I think and 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 uh, you correctly are like yes, it is about an accumulation, and I think a lot of people will you know get hung up on look at what Gurriel's doing and right you know like fire everybody but and, and but it's not it's not ever going to be like that and it's not ever going to be about judging over the span of one week or 10 games or whatever this nightmare has been um but if you do start you know thinking about the accumulation of wins versus losses versus we're not so sure yet um at this particular moment it's not looking great and it it wouldn't you know, and it, I would, I would be like, that would be absurd. Like, like six, six, eight months ago, I would have been like, that'd be absurd to, uh, uh, to, you know, this, this is let them try to finish the job. And it's like, okay. Uh, I, I, I would love, uh, where's Dave Dombrowski? Let's go. <laughs> you know, kind of at that point. I mean, I know he's already employed, but, uh, let, let, give me a, give me a, 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 a bastard like that. I feel like you needed Dave Dombrowski at like the 2022 trade deadline. You know what I mean? Like pushing, aggressively pushing stuff in then, maybe more so than this group was willing to do. And then in 2023, I'm sure you would have had a different look. Uh, Lots more old guys. Lots more. (laughs) (laughs) If you love old guys, it wouldn't just be Merrifield and Brandon Belt. We'd be talking about good old guys. Um, But yeah, we're going to sort of more or less leave it there we'll give a think about episode <laughs> well, we're either gonna do it leave it or not I mean, okay well I'm, I'm just the, the audio will eventually the audio stop. will stop what i'm trying to say is we'll leave it there we'll give a think to episode 100 <laughs> and whether we want to go down that road or not um and then just in terms of the who they're facing this weekend you got the twins so they've got they're pretty much like the blue jays by record but pretty much not like the blue jays in the sense that they're in an absolute train wreck of a division and uh You'd have to assume that the Blue Jays are the better team, but we'll see what happens.